Welcome to Life Hacks for Pastors, where we equip pastors with strategies and tools to navigate the personal and relational challenges of ministry life. During 2023, Dom Vickers and Tom Burks will be addressing the topic of resilience. Each Monday, they will help pastors explore how they can build resilience to continue to face the challenges of ministry life. Today, John and Tom continue talking about building resilience by keeping our relationship with God real. And they will have a conversation with Keith Durham, who is the Director of Missions for the Concho Valley Baptist Association in West Texas. So thanks for joining us for Life Hacks for Pastors. Today, Tom and I continue to talk about how we can build resilience by growing in our relationship with God. Yeah, but since you're probably tired of hearing from us, we, we brought in our good friend, Keith Durham, who's the Director of Missions for the World. That's right. <laughs> Almost the world. Almost the world. Actually, Concho Valley Baptist Association in West Texas. Yeah, and, and it's not a small area. How You said it's the size of Maine? Uh, Maryland. Maryland. Mar- sorry. Or, yeah. sorry, Maine. Con- yeah, uh, Concho Valley Baptist Association is named after the Concho River. Concho River flows through this area, and it's known, that river is known for its concho pearls, believe it or not. They wow. get pearls out of that river. So you're going to send uh, us some pearls that we can give away to our listeners? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> well, why did we bring him on again? <laughs> but, uh, I thought it, we were going to get is, something out of this, Doc. <laughs> yeah, it is the beginning, it is the beginning of West Texas. Uh, concho Valley is made up of 41 churches in eight different counties and covers 11,000 square miles, which is equivalent to nice. the state of Maryland. Nice. Very Keith good. knows all yeah. this really well right now because he just moved there and yep. he's being tested <laughs> on right. it. Brand new in the yeah, role. Keith, right. welcome to Life Hacks for Pastors. Hey, um, one of the things that we want to do each week is try to share a life hack with those that are listening. Something uh, makes your day easier, something that simplifies your life a bit. Uh, maybe even helped you accomplish ministry more effectively. Do you have something you can share with us? Okay. Well, any life hack I have is borrowed. Okay. That's so all right. One, one life hack that Don Vickers actually told me about oh, gosh. was Flocknote. Yeah. I mean, I have been using Flocknote, which is a it, basically an app that allows you to communicate with the masses. So, you know, I, I try not to overabuse that, but I, once a week, I send out a text to pastors, just trying to stay in touch with them, uh, encourage them. And uh, it's been amazing how some of these guys uh, will respond and connect with me on there. And uh, so that's one that just helps me communicate more effectively. Another one is I've used to-do list for, for many years, but not really effectively and just recently as i've as i've uh, learned microsoft outlook better and learned out how to utilize some of the tools i love their to-do list because it creates a digital to-do list for me and so i can keep up with those things even on my phone and prioritize them and then also assign them to specific dates as well so it helps organize my day just helps me be a little more efficient and then uh one last life hot hack that i just experienced I'm telling you, three. This this is good. Uh, I don't know what you call this thing. I don't. It, it's it's um, it's a robot vacuum. Oh, the Roomba. 
or yeah, some yeah, version I, of I that. Didn't say, I didn't want to say that name because it's a brand name, but it's oh, it's and like, Microsoft you know, isn't, and Outlook isn't, well, that's and true, Lock that's Note. True, but but perhaps we can get some sponsors. For yeah, this. I'm ready for the royalty checks to come flooding <laughs> yes. in now. This is great. I mean, that thing is the coolest thing. I, mean, I just this is the first time I've ever owned one. And we went to church yesterday. We were gone because of our drive. We were gone like four hours, and that thing had cleaned our whole house. It was like, oh. this is awesome. Like, why didn't they invent this a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a name for your vacuum? Do you... uh, we are we are on the fence. We, we are thinking. Um, Terry is the one thinking up the names, obviously, but she's she's picking out of some 80s shows of butlers okay. you oh like jeeves or something that's our, yeah. that's our era you know All right. so like uh so we're leaning belvedere uh, yeah most what'd you say belvedere belvedere yes or yes that's one jeeves? of the ones we're considering yeah yes yes so oh anyway yep so we got three life hacks out of this. That's great. Yeah. I, you know, I've been really tempted to get a Roomba for our house, and but we have a a pit bull. Yeah, and it could be a two I'm, toy. Real, quick. I'm afraid she's going to think it's a toy. <laughs> and I've watched her destroy some things with some very powerful jaws. So I I'm a little nervous about Roomba in our house, but. Well, you could get an extended warranty, but I don't know what the warranty people would say. <laughs> like shredded into pieces by my dog. So, Keith, tell us a little bit more about what your role is there at Concho Valley Baptist Association. Well, as a director of missions, I think my main role is is to encourage pastors and staff, encourage and love on them. A lot of times pastors and staff members get isolated, don't feel like they have anyone they can go to. And so I think that's one of my roles is just to be a pastor to the pastors and staff members. But then I think another role is obviously director of missions and in our association, why churches originally came together in our association, because we're in the Bible Belt, it's an older association, nine churches back in 1890 came together to form an association to reach this area with the gospel. And so I think primary to my role is trying to figure out how to get our churches to associate together to have greater impact in this area, whether it be in the area of church planting or whether it be in the area of church revitalization, church replanting. But what what can we do together that can help facilitate the furthering of the gospel and kingdom work? Right. So you've been there a little over a month now, yeah? Yes. Yeah. How's that? How's that transition been? What's been? What's been the maybe the best part, and what's been the biggest challenge? Um, the best part is well, okay. So I I like to set goals. So one of the goals I set for myself was in the first ninety days I wanted to visit every pastor in their local context. So see their church facility, see their area. Right. Um, in January, I was right on track meeting that goal. I visited about 15 pastors. So, you know, if I average 15 a month, that'll put me in the 90 days. Yeah. I would have visited everybody. Now, some of these guys are bivocational, take a little longer to connect with them. But right. so far, I've been thoroughly impressed with our guys. I mean, they, they all are solid pastors uh, with a heart for their church, a heart for the area, uh, trying to figure things out. And then also really speak highly of our association. So I think for the most part, it's been, you know, I realize I'm on a honeymoon stage maybe, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, (laughs) 
it's a it's a great to connect and to learn. And then also I have a goal of within the first year visiting every church on a Sunday morning in their worship. <laughs> and so I've already seen a great deal of variety among our churches, right. um, which is which is a healthy thing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, so far, so good. Uh, the good. cold weather, I could leave. You know, we've gotten a few cold <laughs> days. And, uh, I bet. Uh, last Last week I had to call off. Uh, we we didn't open the associational office for about three days because the schools shut down and everybody should have because of ice. And so, um, I finally I get to wear short sleeves today. Like it's been the first <laughs> time in like three two weeks. So I'm happy about that. So I miss the Arizona weather. That's yeah. for sure. Well, before you before you left um, Arizona to go to Texas, you served um, with Arizona Mission Network. Um, on their staff. Um, and your role there was a little bit t- more um, pointed towards revitalization, church health. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was it was to help our existing established churches get back to missional health. And I realize sometimes people hear that and will think church growth although we really use that term because we wanted to make a distinction between, we're not talking about church growth and numbers necessarily, although numbers can be an indication, but it's really about church health. And what does a healthy church look like? And you, you can go to Acts 2, you know, 42 through 47, look at the characteristics of a healthy church, but I think you can track through all of Acts and see characteristics of a of a healthy church. And one of those characteristics is definitely a church that leans outward rather than um, inwardly focused. Not that we shouldn't yeah. focus and care, care as shepherds for the congregation itself. We should do that, but we shouldn't do it uh, to the detriment of still being reaching out to the community that's lost. And so I think a major part of that role was trying to help churches figure that out and make that movement towards becoming more outwardly focused rather than inwardly focused. Okay. So you've been engaged at the state level. You've been engaged, you're engaged now at a regional level. You were, um, before all of that, you were a local church pastor. So you've seen this animal from a lot of different angles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. And uh, I try to just learn along the way. Uh, you know, just like you guys do. I mean, I, I am no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I think just the more experiences you have and the more that the unique settings you find yourself in and roles you find yourself in, you just try to learn from it and observe others. Uh, you know, like, for instance, the role I'm in now, I just try to learn from some of the uh, DOMs or in Arizona, we call them AMSs, but I enjoyed learning from them when I was in Arizona. And I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, had a meeting of all the, uh, oh, it was in a meeting with all of the Texas DOMs. And I just try to learn from some of those guys and just try to figure out, hey, what, what are you struggling with? What are your churches dealing with? And how can I learn? So I think it's just being a lifelong learner in all of those settings. Yeah. So Keith, we, we are talking about resilience and we're going to be talking about it throughout the year. Um, we believe that resilience is really important because it's that ability for us to continue to serve and grow and push forward, even as there's pressures pushing against us. And so I want to ask you, why, why would you think resilience would be important to build up in our lives as pastors, especially? 
Well, I, I think just the nature of ministry itself is demanding. Yeah. Demanding physically, it's demanding emotionally, it's demanding spiritually. And so ministry itself, even in a good setting, is demanding. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But but then what adds fuel to the fire is ministry is challenging enough. And then sometimes our pastors find themselves in difficult circumstances and difficult environments and challenging. And they're and they're personally challenged, personally threatened, personally, you know, whatever in some of the settings they're in. And so that just adds fuel to the fire. And I think the temptation for us as pastors is to run away from that. Right. You know, we look at what's our next ministry assignment. And it's easier to do that than to stay and endure and be resilient. I, I, I think you've hit on something really important there. There There is this tendency when things get difficult to begin to question, is this the time for me to to go and find that next position? Um, rat, you know, we've lived through the honeymoon period where everything's nice and sweet and people are are happy and, and welcoming to us and we're learning about each other, growing together. But then when those challenges begin to to come against us, there's there's this there's this push or maybe even this little trigger that says, okay, maybe it's time to move on. And we're looking for that honeymoon period again, rather than how do we stretch beyond what it is that we're facing in the moment? Well, yeah, we shortchange our own growth because growth generally happens through adversity. And if, if adversity triggers a moving response, then, then you're just never completing that growth process, maybe starting it, but, but then, you know, diving out of it and, and it remains unfinished. Yeah. So Keith, during this month, we're talking about how to build resilience through growing in our relationship with God. And what we mean is just keeping our relationship with God real. Um, how do you do that for yourself today? I think it's variety. And I, I go by years. So every year I try to do something different. Um, I The last four or five years, I've tried to stick to a daily reading plan. But I've changed up the types of reading plans I use. Like one one year, I used a total chronological Bible okay. and used that. Yep. Um, another year, right now, this year, what I'm using is what's called a uh, net Bible. Um, but I've added another dimension that I did not do last year. Because last year, I used the net Bible as well. But this year, I'm really focusing in on journaling and using the SOAP method. Um for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's just scripture, observation, application, and personalization. And so I I have a goal of at least writing out that three times a week. Okay. And so far I'm meeting that, you know, I, I think it's unrealistic for me to say five times a week I'm going to do that just because of how crazy our schedules get. But if I can carve out, I've found that if I can carve out an hour a morning, for me, it's morning, it's different for different people, but if I can carve out an hour a morning for at least three or four mornings, and then the other mornings, I just do my daily reading. I may not get to the journaling, but at least try to do that three or four mornings out of the seven. So Um, you you said that you like variety. So I'm I'm assuming that this has changed for you over the years as as you've 
grown in your relationship with the Lord as you pastored and moved to different roles. What are what are some of the things you did early as a pastor? Well, Don, early as a pastor, I gotta say, I just survived. Um, part, part of that was part, of, you know, because you're, I mean, you're in different life phases. Yes. In that life phase, in that life phase, I was trying to get my education done. We had small children. Yeah. I mean, literally, literally, if I had time with the Lord, it was probably 10 minutes. And, and that was, if I could just carve out that time, it was like, wow, I did it, you know? Um, so, I mean, honestly, early on, I was just surviving. And if I got sermons done every week, I was like, whew, got that done, you know, kind of thing. But as our kids got older, you know, I, I could get a hand, better handle on things as far as my own time management. And so, you know, but I've done different things like one year I just took, you know, my utmost for his highest and just kind of carved through that, which, you know, it'd take me a week to read one chapter of that or something. <laughs> so just things like that. Um, I would do different things. I try to really focus on scripture, though. I don't like taking on a whole lot of other books as far as as far as um, my time with the Lord. Um, but I am trying to journal more this year and spend a little more time in prayer. You know, trying to be more intentional about that this year mm-hmm. than I than I ever have. So, if you were talking to a young pastor. Maybe first pastorate, second pastor, you know, some, somewhere early in the right. st- stages of their career. Is there advice you would give for how to how to try to carve out that time or how to how to nurture that relationship in that season of ministry? I would say to them, find a pattern that works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in their life phase and you know, a lot of things depends on do they have kids or not have kids, right, what ages right. are their kids, but find a pattern that works for you. Right. And uh, do it with consistency. And, you know, whatever that looks like, if it if it means Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to carve out this amount of time, you know, 30 minutes or whatever and get alone and, uh, you know, whatever works for them. But try to try to find a pattern in your life where you can work on just spending time with the Lord and then do it with discipline, do it with consistency. I think this is true for the psalmist. You know, when you look at the psalmist, there were times in which, and I got this out of some commentary, but there there, there are times in the psalmist's life where he's surviving. There are other times where he's uh, reviving. He's coming out of kind of this darkness and he's, he's seeing the light. Yeah. Uh, but yet he's he's just reviving. And then there's times where he's thriving. He's kind of on the mountaintop. Right. And, and I think acknowledging that, that, hey, there are times where we're, I mean, I can remember some crises in our lives where I didn't even feel like going to church. You know, it's like, okay, let's be real about it. Well, pas- now, pastors are like everybody else. We look at somebody else's experience and think that's what I should be striving for. So you see somebody who speaks, and I, I spend an hour a day in prayer, or I spend a couple hours a day before things begin in Bible study, and you think, well, that's what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what we have to do is find a way that we get to thrive and hear from God and just walk with Him. That's what we have to do. 
And whether that's in uh, 15 minutes or half an hour or an hour, what what does that mean for you in your relationship with God? And again, it can't. I don't think we can script it out that way. Um, we have to be really intentional about hearing and and putting ourselves in a position where we can hear from Him. Yeah, Keith, I got a question. Uh, do you think there are some common warning signs that that it's time for a refresh in your in your relationship with God? Are there are there things that guys should be looking out for? What would those be? Yeah, and again, I think this is different for different guys. Sure. Depending on depending on, you know, your personality type and what for me personally, I find that uh I get I get extra irritable. Yeah. Um yeah. I I get I am a people person and usually very patient with people. Like I, I can I can overlook mistakes. I can, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I'm just patient with people. So when I start getting impatient with people, it's an indication that, okay, I'm, there's a problem here. Why am I responding this way? Cause it's not, it's not within me naturally to be impatient with people. Now don't mishear me. I am an impatient person. Generally, I'm not a patient person in general, but with people, I can be very forgiving and patient. But when I become impatient, it's usually an indication. Um, I can become extra pessimistic. I tend to be more, more of a pessimist than an optimist. But when I get extra pessimistic, then I know, okay, things, things are out of balance. Um, I can get depressed by the smallest of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those are all indications that I'm not viewing things from a godly perspective. Um, another thing, and, th- and I don't know, this is a, this is a balance between not just our time of the Lord, but I think also burnout and mm. stress is kind of what I'm leaning into right. because to be honest, guys, when I was pastoring, it was about a month after I quit pastoring when I was working for the convention, um, that Terry and I were having a conversation about how I was feeling and I had no idea how burnt out and stressed pastoring had made me. Right. And it was only until I pulled back a month from that, that I realized, whoa, I had no idea how much it was draining me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the other factors physically in me is migraines. I don't get, I don't get migraines like you, Tom. I know you get them quite a bit or can get them. But when when I start to get those, I know, okay, this is my physical body's sign to me. I've got to slow down. Like right. something's out of balance. And I think replenish, you use the word replenish, refresh, whatever. I think rest is a part of that as well. Sure. I think, you know, the whole idea of Sabbath, right, is to rest. And we have a hard time as pastors resting. Yeah. So, I, I just have a hard time just being still. I love I love what you said there as far as, you know, again, being irritable when you're not normally irritable, right? Being you're listening to your body, uh, being a people person, but then not wanting to be around people. All those things are signs that there's something again out of balance a little bit and it's something that we ought to be paying attention to. And I I love that, you know, Terry is able to speak into your life and be able to say, Hey, how, how's this going? Or how do you feel about what's happening here? And hopefully you have a spouse as well that speaks into your life and kind of throws up some flags to say, Hey, I see this happening. Um, are you aware of it? 
Uh, yeah, and if you don't, give Keith a call, and Terry can speak into your life, and <laughs> you could. But listen to listen to your wife's. Uh, I mean, wife. If you have multiple <laughs> wives, you're, yeah. you're probably not listening to the right podcast. But life hacks for Mormon pastors. No. Uh, <laughs> so, but but really, if if your wife is speaking into your life and trying to say, hey you need to think about slowing down or do you see how this is affecting you? Don't, don't be stubborn. That's good stuff, Keith. Thanks. Well, Keith, thanks for your time today being on life hacks for pastors with us. Uh, you can well, find- I'm just, I'm just, Hey, I'm just uh, glad I'm basking the glow of your wisdom and, <laughs> and life, life hacks. I didn't even know what that meant. So I had to look it up, but Hey, I'm glad. <laughs> Well, and you share three, so we're we're way ahead. Um, Join us uh, this next week um, as Tom and I continue to talk about resilience, and we're going to wrap up our conversation about growing in our relationship with God, how that helps to build resilience. Uh, Don't forget to send us your favorite life hack for some of that great life hack for some pastor's swag. Keith, we need to discover how to build some swag. So if you have some ideas, we'll take them. Yeah. Um, but if you have uh, a life hack for pastor that you'd like to share, uh, send that to lifehacksforpastors at gmail.com. And if you have a ministry experience, something that's helped you to grow in your relationship with the Lord, share oh, yeah, that we with us as well. It. Yeah, absolutely. So, And that's it. That's it for this week. We're out. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Life Hacks for Pastors. Today, Don and Tom had the opportunity to visit with Keith Durham as they talked about how to build resilience by growing in your relationship with God. If you have a life hack that you would like to share or a story about you growing in your relationship with God, send those to lifehacksforpastors at gmail.com. Life Hacks for Pastors is published each Monday, and we invite you to join us next week as Don and Tom continue to talk about resilience and begin to talk about how to build resilience through good mentoring relationships.